0: Hi, my name is Jonas from Danier Accounting, and in this podcast I'm just going to describe which kind of information we need from you in order to establish either a new APS or an IVS. So that's the two most common Danish limited liability companies. So the first thing we need from you is the name of the company. And it's always a really good idea to check that there is not any other companies that already uses that name or has a name that's very similar. This is of course to avoid any legal issues with other companies. There is a website that you can use for this and the website is called datacvr.virk.dk and it's spelled D-A-T-A just like in data then cvr.virk.dk dot dot I'm also going to write it down in, uh, in a blog concerning the same thing, what information we need. So you can see the link here also. It's also a good idea to check that the internet domain is not already in use. If you have someone already using the same internet domain that you want to use as a company name, then there is a big chance also that you could end up in some legal dispute. So always do yourself a favor and just check this datacvr.vrk.dk website and also check if the domain is already taken we use unoduro.com uh, you know, when we buy new domains but i mean you can use any internet uh, domain provider that you want of course to check it so that was the first thing name of the company the second thing we need from you is the address from the company and sometimes a company doesn't really have an office especially in the beginning so a lot of people use their private address when they establish the company Normally it doesn't give any problems when you do that, but legally you're actually not allowed to do that. So there's a few times where we get um, um, a new company declined for registration due to the address issue. And in that case you would have to go and find an address for the company. But luckily it doesn't happen very often. So if you use your private address, just be aware that there is a small chance that we will get a decline when we send the registration. But... um, Let's see what happens and and then take it from there if it becomes an issue because it is very rare if you don't have an office. If you do have an office or a shop, then we just need the address for your office or your shop. So that was point number two, address for the company. Point number three is that we need to know who is establishing this company. So we need the name of the person, we need the address of the person and we also need the CPR number of the person establishing the company. And remember that there can be more than one person making the company. I mean, you can be two, three, four people, how many you want to be. And we need the information from all of the people that's establishing the company together. If they do not have a Danish CPR number, then we just need the name and the address. That's fine for the establishing. So that was point number three. Names, addresses and CPR numbers of the people establishing the company. Point number four is that we need some ID on everybody that's establishing the company. And if it's Danish residents, we will need a copy of the passport and also a copy of the health insurance. This, uh, in Danish we call it Suesegring and that's the one where you can see your name and your address on it. It's this public ID. If you're not a Danish resident and you don't have a Danish health certificate then we need some kind of proof of your private address and that could be a utility bill. Normally we get a copy of an electricity bill or a telephone bill, just something that states your name and your private address. And in addition to that we also need a copy of your passport or some legitimate ID with a picture. Could also be a driver's license, just some public form of ID. So that was point number four ID on the people that's establishing the company. Point number five is that we need to know from which date you want to establish the company. And it's always good to keep in mind that you're allowed to include 18 months in the first fiscal year for the company. It's mostly relevant in relation to the cost for having an annual report done, etc. So let's say you start a company 1st of July 2016, then you are allowed to have the first year running from the 1st of July sixteen to the 31st of December 2017. So that's the maximum you can include, 18 months. We normally recommend that you use 31st of December as the last day of your fiscal year. You are allowed to pick other days, like, for instance, June 30th or whatever you find convenient. But normally, the most easiest way is to use December 31st. Um, It follows the calendar year. That's normally the year that the banks look at. It's also the period where you get your private tax statement, etc. Everything follows the calendar year. So unless you have a good reason to have another fiscal year, then please uh, use the calendar year. So that was point number five. What date do you want this company established? And also, should we use the calendar year as your fiscal year? Point number six is that we need to write some statutes for the company. And in them, we need to write what the company is actually doing. So please make a short statement to us. It could be something like the company will be selling goods to private people or... The company will be developing apps or whatever is going to happen. Just write it as good as you can and then we will make a translation that fits into your description. So that was point number six, a short description of what the company will do. Point number seven is who should be entitled to sign on behalf of the company. And with that we mean when the company enters into contracts, who will be signing these contracts normally it's just a managing director but in some situations you might want to have two managing directors to make sure that one of them doesn't you know sign something on his own by mistake but most of the times you have one managing director that signs contracts so just think it through and if you feel that one director the one managing director is fine then just write that down if you want to have more people involved then try and describe who should sign on behalf of the company so we can fit that into the to the documents. So that was point number 7, who should be able to sign on behalf of the company. Point number 8 is that every limited liability company needs to have at least one managing director. You are allowed to have several directors, so if you have several we will need the information that I'm going to list here for everyone. If there's only one director we need to have the name we need to have the private address and we also need to have the CPR number of the person that's going to be the Managing Director. If the person is not a Danish resident and if the person does not have a CPR number then we just need to have the name and the address. So that was point number eight the name address and CPR of the Managing Director. Point number nine is that we need to have ID on the person that's going to be the Managing Director And again the ID we need is a copy of the passport and also a copy of the health certificate that's the one we call Sjøsikring in Denmark. If the person is not a Danish resident then again we will need some kind of proof of private address. Normally we get a utility bill, electricity or a phone bill stating the name and the address. And also we get a copy of the passport or some other official form of ID with a picture on It could also be a driver's license. So that was point number 9, the ID on the Managing Director. In point number 10, we need to know how much equity that you want to establish the company with. If you are making an APS, you need a minimum of 50,000 Danish kroner. You are allowed to increase it, but the minimum is 50,000 Danish kroner. And normally we don't recommend to choose a higher amount. 50,000 should do fine in most cases. If you are making an IVS, then there is really no capital requirement, you are allowed to use one kroner if you want, we don't recommend that, normally we do recommend that you look at how many costs that you have, let's say you have 5,000 kroner in cost here in the beginning for making the business, then we recommend that you have a minimum of 10,000 in equity capital, so that's double the amount that you have cost for here in the beginning. And the reason for that simply is that a Danish limited liability company need to have a shareholder meeting when they have spent more than 50% of their equity capital. So it doesn't really make sense to establish a company with one kroner if they spend that money within the first day because then you need to spend time doing all the documents for the shareholder meeting. So it's always good to make sure that if you have some amount of cost in the first few days, then double that amount and make that your equity capital. So that was point number 10, how much equity capital will you need to establish the company. Point number 11 is that we need to know who will own the company. So when shares will be issued, we need to know how many percentage each person will own. And we need the name, and we need the address, and the CPR number of the owners. So that was point number 11, owner's name, address, and CPR. Point number 12 is that we we need the ID of the owners. so again we need a copy of the passport, we need a copy of the health certificate, the Danish Susikang. If the person is a foreigner, then again we need to have a copy of a utility bill, electricity or a phone bill with a name and address on it and also a copy of the passport of the person. So that was point number 12, ID of the owners. And the last thing we need, that's point number 13, is that we would like to get the name and also the email address on the bank counselor that's going to make your company account for you. Normally it's a really good idea to visit a few banks so that you know that you have a bank that's interested in making a bank account for you. It can be pretty difficult in Denmark to get an account for a limited liability company, especially in the beginning. So when you do find a good bank that's willing to cooperate, then just get the name and the email address on the bank counsellor. You also need to notify them that when we register the company, then they are going to receive an email where they need to confirm that the company's equity capital has been deposited into this new bank account. So that was point number 13, the name and the email address on the bank counsellor that you are going to use for the company. So that was all the information that we need. We're also going to write this down in a blog so that you can see it listed also in text in case you didn't do notes here. So if you have any questions, feel free to email me. You can email me at jonas at danieraccounting.com. You're also welcome to call us at 70 27 27 13. And of course, you need to put the Danish country code in front, which is plus 45. So that was everything I wanted to share with you. Thanks for listening. Bye.